going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 12 of the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. We're online today on Zoom. Little COVID scare in the area. You got to yeah. be safe. That's why we uh, sound a little weird. Just think of it like a radio show. You know, it's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Just here with Tom Burrett, like usual. Is a the gang out here today. Uh, let's get into the opener, yeah. shall we? Yes, sir. All right. So as always, uh, we're going to talk about my favorite thing that we saw from the past week. Then at the, after the opener, we have a little bit of something, too, with our, our own personal teams as well. So for me, my opener, it was a big week in fantasy. I, I was going against Brett. Uh, I needed a win. I was 5-6. and six. Top six teams make the playoffs uh, out of 10 teams, and I needed this win. Brett's above me in the standings. My running backs, they carried it for me, man. I had Derrick Henry, James Robinson, and Wayne Gallman. They combined for 400 yards and five rushing touchdowns. Ended up dropping a nice little 180 points Very on nice. Brett. And uh, lovely, huh? even though he's got Big Bang going in the the Wednesday matinee tomorrow. I believe Big Bang can get me 120 points. I, I think I'm still in it. Yeah, I That's think very I'm possible. Still. James Conner's out. Yeah. Ben's going to be running the right. ball. He, he might get five rushing touchdowns. We'll see. We'll see. He is pretty speedy. Skella, what's your opener, man? All right. Mine, you guys aren't going to like this one. I know you both have uh, some hatred towards Kansas City, but it was a Tyree Kill backflip after the touchdown. That was amazing, man. He had 200 yards at half, finished with 13 for 269 and three touchdowns. Yeah. Dude is literally unguardable, and I don't understand it. Well, I mean, they tried to cover him with one guy, and that's never going to work. Yeah, it's too fast. Very true. Uh, for me, uh, my favorite thing of the week came from Santa Clara. The 49ers mm-hmm. taking down the Rams. Debo Samuel, I believe, had over 130 yards. And I don't know if you guys were paying attention last time, but in a post-game interview after the Rams lost, Aaron Donald asked, how did you guys game plan for Debo Samuels? And Aaron Donald answers, who's Debo? Debo showed up this week and showed Aaron Donald who he is, and the Niners came away with a W. Yeah, Debo what a great Samuel. story. Another guy on that my is. fantasy team against Brett. On your bench, but yes. That's true. <laughs> All right, uh, our little own personal team reports, because we do know quite a bit about our own teams. Uh, I'm started off with the report from the Black Hole. So the Raiders traveled to Atlanta over the weekend, it did not go as planned. They came into the game off of a, a close game versus Kansas City. Uh, really a, kind of a confidence booster, even though it was a loss. And they just went into, went into Atlanta completely flat. O-line played terrible. Derek couldn't hold on to the ball in the pocket at all. He had three fumbles and also threw a pick to start off the second half to Deion Jones, which was returned all the way to the house for a touchdown. Uh but Jacobs failed to get going and on his biggest carry of the day. He fumbled the ball, got hurt, and that's pretty much the story of the game. Defense played all right, even though they gave up 43 points. They were just on the field the whole time. We couldn't really do anything about it. And, uh, yeah, luckily they got a turnaround game uh, against the Jets this weekend. So hopefully that goes well. Oh, yeah. What's the message from the Meadowlands? Oh, man. Message from the Meadowlands. We're so close, Jet fans. We are so close. 20-3 to loss to the Dolphins. It was horrible. It was hard to watch. I usually, no matter how bad it gets, I'll, I'll keep the Jets game on because I just want to see, you know, who gets injured or whatever. But, no, this one was awful. Darnold, um, 
first game back with the big three, Mims, Crowder, Perriman, and he couldn't move the ball at all. And before that game, you could make the case that the Jets should build around Sam Darnold, but that was it right there. Uh, five games left. Got to lose them all when we get Trevor Lawrence. You know, there were three standout players for me, though. Only three. <laughs> but Quentin Williams, uh, through all of, you know, the shit talk he's been getting, has been playing uh, like a Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle, which is awesome to see. You know, he hasn't had a rough in the passer penalty in a while. Denzel Mims is looking like a beast, holding up to that uh, 2020 receiver draft class hype. And Mackay Becton throws people on the ground, no matter who it is. Joey Bosa, he shut him out last week. This kid's going to be amazing. That's all I got. Let's go on five. Yeah, from the Santa Clara Chronicle, but it's really more the Arizona Chronicle now. I mean, we're going to be playing our home games out in the desert. Uh, shout out Arizona Cardinals for letting us use your home field. But it was a win for the 49ers this week against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, finally starting to get a little bit healthier. Got some guys back. Debo Samuels was back. Raheem Mostert had a rushing touchdown in his return. And Richard Sherman had a pick. Um, Jared Goff looked horrible for the Rams. The Rams offense turned the ball over four times with really their lone bright spot on offense being Cam Akers with a little bit of Robert Woods thrown in there. But Nick Mullins, unfortunately, did not look good, even though the Niners were able to get a squeak away with a win. Um, a little more good news coming out of the Niners camp today. Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle could return for week 16 and 17, which could end up being a big game for the Niners if they can, you know, hold on for the next couple weeks and squeak out some wins. It's true. Very nice. And a little fun fact about that, Niners moving to Arizona for the next couple weeks. So the Niners play the Bills on Monday night, and the Cardinals actually play at home the day before. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be – Quite interesting there what they do with the field. Turf holds up. Actually, that's grass. It's not turf. It's it's natural (laughs) grass. grass. They roll it in. They roll it out, which is it's kind of going to be interesting because usually after a football game, the grass is pretty beat up. So let's get into where's your head at, where we go through some of the things that happened over the week and uh, some of the big questions. First off, there was a Monday night game last night with the Seahawks and the Eagles. Seahawks took down the Eagles. Uh, DK Metcalf led the way for Seattle, had a, I think 177 receiving yards, his career high. But this uh, this headline's about a player on the Eagles, or two players on the Eagles, with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Wentz had two touchdowns and a pick. One of the touchdowns was a Hail Mary to Richard Rodgers that actually was pretty lucky because he dove and caught it. And uh, Wentz now is sitting at 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Do you guys think Jalen Hurts should start instead of Carson Wentz? Yes, you should start Hurts for sure. Uh, Wentz shouldn't get all the blame. He literally has no time in the pocket. But when you invest a second-round pick in a quarterback, you have to see what he get, what he's got. I mean, you can't just throw him out there for one play, hand it off, and pull him out of the game. That's ridiculous. I think you've got to give Jalen Hurts a shot if you're Doug Peterson. I think there's a lot of problems with this Philadelphia team besides just Carson Wentz, that offensive line, shaky, not a ton of weapons. But Jalen Hurts has been getting first-team reps in practice. At least that's what the reports are. Um, I think this change is coming soon, and I will touch on that later. But if I'm Doug Peterson, I think it's time to sit Wentz and put Hurts in. Yeah, I agree with both the guys. I think 
I think you got to use Jalen Hurts at this point. Wentz looks just looks defeated when he's playing. He doesn't even like he tries to do too much. And yeah, the O line is completely depleted. They're on like third and fourth stringers all over the line. It's it's obviously not a good thing there. And they don't have the greatest weapons, but they're getting some guys back. Uh, I think it, you just got to see what Jalen Hurts has. I mean, if he's your guy eventually, or he is going to be your guy if you took him in the second round, you don't just spin second round picks like it's nothing in the NFL. I think you got to give Jalen Hurts a shot. And even if you go back to Wentz next year or later in the season, you got to see what he's got. At least give him a chance. Mm-hmm. But they do have the Packers this upcoming week. which That's is going to be ugly. All right. Uh, it'll be a rough matchup if that is Hurts' first start. Another ugly thing that I talked about was the Raiders game over the weekend in Atlanta. 43-6 to was the final. Let's get straight to the point. Are the Raiders dead, Skyler? No, they're not dead. Uh, Derek Carr was playing a little out of character last week. We know the O-line's been shifting around. Uh, what was it, four snaps where all the starters played together? Total this Three year? total snaps. Three snaps. And they were in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um. The one problem is, is Josh Jacobs right now. Um, I know as a Raider fan, you're going to say, you know, Booker can carry the load, but I feel like without Josh Jacobs, the offense is just a little empty. But they do have the speed to contain Kansas City, and that's why they're not dead yet. I think the game plan this week against Atlanta wasn't the greatest on Eden's part. They did not establish the run. Um, Josh Jacobs, I think, is a top 10 back already and is just getting better. they got to find a way to get him the ball. I believe he had seven rushes this week, which is just not enough. Uh, Carr couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, But the Raiders have the Jets this week and I believe have the easiest remaining schedule in the league. Um, I think the Raiders are okay, and I still believe they'll they'll squeak into a playoff spot. If history repeats itself... I do not think, Raiders the, might I do not be think the Jets will be losing to the, the – I do not believe the Raiders will be losing to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that either. Uh, and good good news coming don't. out of uh, Raiders camp today. Uh, John Gruden did say that Josh Jacobs is hopeful and probable to play in that Jets game this weekend. I don't know how much he'll be needed or how much he'll be used in that game, but he should be there. And, yeah, obviously being a Raider fan, I do think the Raiders still have a shot. Like, I'm not going to give up on them just because they lost one game. They do this every year, even when they're good, like, really good. Like, they'll just lose a game out of nowhere and just play terrible, horrible game plan. Just everything goes wrong. That was that game. Hopefully it doesn't steamroll and keep on going in the later weeks because losing to the Jets will get me made fun of a, quite a bit. So, uh, I'm not going to want that. But also, Skyler well, will be mad. more than that. Skyler I will be. be I'm rooting for the loss, too. There we go. So, yeah, that that's the current situation right now with them. Mm-hmm. There was an injury on Sunday with quarterback in New York, not named Sam Darnold. Uh, this is Daniel Jones. He got hurt, hamstring. He came out for a little bit, went back in, and then he got hurt. I don't know if he got hurt again or just started, like, acting up even more. But he ended up coming out. Cole McCoy came in, finished the game. They did end up winning. So congrats to the the Giants for that. But it was against uh, Joe Burrow-less Bengals, which isn't really much of a victory. Brandon Allen next. from the Razorbacks. It's true. <laughs> but the 4-7 and seven Giants are leading the division. I think we do need to touch on that. 
But how much does this Daniel Jones injury affect the 4-7 and seven Giants' chance at getting that NFC divisional spot? You know, it's not going to hurt them as much as everyone thinks. Daniel Jones is very good in the running game, but uh, Gallman's been stepping up, and DJ only averages about 200 yards per game. Their defense has been amazing, and if McCoy can hold on to the football, they should be all right. I think it's a little more crucial than that. I believe the the loss of Daniel Jones is – I don't know if it takes the Giants completely out of it because I, I do believe if Colt McCoy is able to manage games, you know, not turn the ball over, that defense is good enough to get them a couple wins. But the loss of Jones really just takes away a weapon from that already pretty lackluster offense. Jones is one of the faster quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, they have that read option, which has been very effective in a couple of games, even though at one time he tripped and fell flat on his face, which was hilarious. Good fall. But it's good to see. I don't know if Colt McCoy has that firepower to, to lead that offense into wins. They're really going to need that defense, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, none of the teams are good in the NFC East. And neither are the Giants, but the, all they got to do in these last five games is they got to win two. They have some tough matchups with Seattle, then Arizona, Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, and then they finish off with Dallas, which I think will be an auto win. I think Dallas is terrible. But if they find a way to win one of those games out of those first four, they will win the division at 6-10. and 10. They have a tiebreaker, which is very big. I think they will beat the Browns. So I think 6-10, and 10, New York Giants win it even if they don't have Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's going to be out for more than two to three weeks, which is – the Washington is good football team squeaks in there into that mm-hmm. division winner. It would be cool to see Alex Smith get another playoff start yeah. and some of the young guys on that defense because you never know what happens in the playoffs. And uh, yeah. He never doubt the red rifle either. He's not done. Uh, his team's done. He's done. They're done. And so is Carson Wentz. He's done as well, so – Whole division just a mess. Let's yeah. go to another NFC team that is not – well, it was a mess at the beginning of the season, but, but it's not a mess anymore, and that's the San Francisco Niners. Uh, Brett talked about it earlier. They went into SoFi Stadium and took down the Los Angeles Rams, moving them to 7-4, and four, or moving the Rams to 7-4, and four, moving the Niners to 5-6. and six. They're currently the 10 seed, I think, 9 yeah. seed in the nine, NFC nine behind the Bears. Somewhere behind the Bears and the Vikings for that last playoff spot. You think they got a shot, boys? Go ahead, Brett. It's all you. As much as it pains me to say this, I I got to go with no. Um, to really have a shot to make this, the Niners need to basically win out and then win two, at least two or three games between the Bills, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. And with Nick Mullins at the helm, I just don't see this happening. No Nick Bosa, obviously, still. No no uh, D Ford. That pass rush, which was so just amazing last year and really is what, you know, propelled the Niners to that Super Bowl appearance just isn't the same. I I just don't see it happening. I really don't. They They need Jimmy. They need Kittle. They need that pass rush, and it's not there. Yeah, I don't see it either. I don't really trust Nick Mullins. I know you're a big uh, Mullins supporter, I'm, but <laughs> he made me lose some space. Not it. He's he's looked bad. Oh, that's never good. Well, the NFC is pretty tangled right now. Even if they do beat Arizona and Seattle at the end of the year, they need a lot to go their way. Yeah, and I just don't see it happening. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough for this Niners team, but I think they, they possibly can do it. I think they're going to take take care of the Bills on Monday night. I think Josh Allen's going to have a tough time going against that defense that plays so well. Uh, Washington, I think that's going to be a W for them. Cowboys, W. And they they got to win one of the Cardinals or the Seahawks or else they are done yeah, and they have no shot. Because maybe if they were already in a playoff spot right now, they'd be fine with losing both of those games. But where they at right now, they're not in the playoffs. And so they got to – they got to step it up and win and four out of five. They might be battling with the Cardinals for that last spot. So that Saturday night game, week 16 in Arizona yeah. is going to be a huge game if we're still fighting for that spot. That's true. And those Saturday night sure. games or Saturday games, week 16, we'll talk about during the halftime show as well. Oh, yeah. We love some Saturday football. Uh, and that's right now. Just gotta take <laughs> let's it away. take it to halftime. All right, welcome back to halftime, everybody. Uh, we're going to start it off with a college football week 13 recap. Kind of a weird week. A lot of crazy stuff happened. We're going to start it off with one of the Friday games. Uh, Oregon State upsets number 15, Oregon, 41-38. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been that impressed with Oregon this year. Uh, they did lose a lot in the opt-outs in the draft, but Tyler Show, Shug, Shuck, whatever his name is. I think it's Shao. Shao. All right. He's not impressing me. But, uh, you know, did impress me is Oregon State running back Jamar Jefferson, 226 yards and two touchdowns. That's a Civil War record. Very great game. He's a tiny guy, but I think maybe next year or the year after. He's not big. Yeah. Man, he could be a third down back. All right. <laughs> One of the crazy moments from the weekend was the big game. Stanford Cal, again, as always played the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, Stanford blocks Cal's game tying PAT. Oh, man. Both of those teams Love are going through it. some serious rebuilding right now. But, it's oh, okay. yeah. Cal obviously a big Stanford outs. guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had some big opt outs with Walker Little and Paulson Adebo. Like two mm-hmm. players that are going to be drafted on that team. Maybe yeah. Davis Mills will be signed somewhere. One of those <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go that, that far. Well, he was a five-star coming out of high school. So, yeah, so was Shea Patterson. It wasn't too long ago. Those are two of the top top teams in college football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy how kind things change. Man, the Big 12 – how about the Big 12 getting screwed in the rankings, right? Oregon fell to 23. Like, they probably should have. But USC moved down one to 20. That means no Pac-12 teams are going to the playoffs no matter what happens. I think that's ridiculous. Just because the writers don't stay up late to watch the West Coast teams. Well, I think now, USC is one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. They've it, had three comeback wins. Got the sure. job done. Yeah, the state of the Pac-12 isn't the greatest right now, though. Is you know, and uh, yeah, it's not really their year. We'll probably see some some teams that we already know of in that top four. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one of those teams might be number two, Notre Dame. They got the win over nineteen, North Carolina, uh, led by sophomore running back Kyron Williams. This guy's a beast. He had about one forty and two touchdowns, I think. I don't have it on me, but he's been rolling all year. Notre Dame. It's pretty much set up until that <laughs> rematch with Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back. And guess what? Trevor Lawrence's first game back, he killed Pittsburgh. 400 yards, two touchdowns, like he never left, never skipped a beat. Love this to see it, man. so good. 
And by the way, he kind of opted out. He was recognized on senior day and he said this was his last day in Happy Valley. So as a Jeff fan, that makes me happy. That was big news. (laughs) And the last game I'm going to talk about, it's Michigan State gets the upset against number eight Northwestern, 29 to 20. Uh, Michigan State's defense was given quarterback Patrick Ramsey all kinds of troubles. And uh, hey, that's the Big Ten for you. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, some of the Heisman stocks. Right now, I still think Patrask is the guy. It's his job to lose. And Zach Wilson's close. But stock up. Alabama quarterback Mac Jones threw five touchdowns in his return from the bye. Um, no Jalen Waddle this year. And he's still putting in the work, man, putting up the numbers. And he's going to be close. He's going to be pretty close. He's probably going to be the third guy there in, in uh, New York. Yeah. Well, I think they're doing it all remote. I think they said that. Oh, damn. Virtual New York. Yeah. The virtual New York studio. Yeah, the VR world. <laughs> Man, what, what a crazy time. Yeah. But uh, stock down, it's got to be Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. You know, this was a fringe guy already. And then against LSU, 100 yards, no touchdowns in an ugly win. I mean, man, this might even hurt his draft stock too because – this guy's a dual threat, and he, he just couldn't get it done against a depleted LSU team. And that's, that's not yeah. ideal. <laughs> yeah. One last note about college football is we had four really big opt-outs yesterday. Um, Asante Samuel Jr., defensive back from Florida State. His dad was a beast. We all know him. Uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., the LSU receiver who stepped up when Jamar Chase opted out. He's had a yeah. great first half of the season. Um, Texas offensive tackle Samuel Cosme. I had a little write-up about him in my mock draft. It will be on the website. Kyle's also going to have something on the website, too, so check that out. Um, and another Texas player. What? Oh, yes, ImmaculateSports.com. <laughs> and the last guy is Caden Stearns, free safety from Texas. And that's it for the college football news. Yeah, so we're about three-quarters of the way through the NFL season right now. Just about, I think only a couple teams have played 12 games, but we are heading into week 13, I believe. And so we're going to give out uh, three-quarter season awards. So first off, yes, sir. we're going to go with the MVP. My MVP is Patrick Mahomes. I think that's it's pretty simple. He's the MVP oh, yeah. right now. He's been winning his team games, and he might have a lot around him, but he's he's making a lot with it, so... He's yeah, that's a no-brainer. He's uh, probably one or two, if you like Aaron Donald, in the sport for a reason. He's yeah. the best. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes is the guy. He's the face of the NFL. He's, he's the MVP. He's been the best player. Uh, he had 400 and something yards against what's yeah, like a pretty good Tampa Bay defense. Oh, yeah. He and Tyreek Hill just – Absolutely slugged them. That takes us to Offensive Player of the Year, where I have Derrick Henry. He's got almost 1,300 rushing yards already. He had 180 yards and three touchdowns against the very good Colts defense. And a little note about that. Colts defense, they haven't allowed a 70-yard rusher this year, except for Derrick Henry twice. Twice. And that's just, that's just who Derrick Henry is, man. There's no matchup that can stop him. Oh, yeah. I'm going with Derrick Henry, too, for 
the same reasons he's been unstoppable this year. But a close second, it's got to be Tyreek Hill. Um, pretty much the same version of a Derrick Henry, but on the receiver side, you can't cover him. But sure. you got to yeah. mention him. I think it's got to be Derrick Henry for offense player of the year. Uh, I definitely throw in as you know runner-ups. You got to go Tyreek Hill, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, Derrick Henry is the king. He's the guy. Yeah. On the defensive player of the year, well, where I kind of have a shocker and a guy who's really having a resurgence in his career this year, and that's Jason Pierre-Paul, man with uh, I think nine fingers, maybe eight and a half. Eight and a half, uh, I think it's. Uh... Yeah, eight and. <laughs> Well, if he has eight and a half, that'd be the same amount of sacks he has this year. He's got eight and a half sacks, two picks, and three forced fumbles. He's been like practically what Shaq Barrett was last year. He's mm-hmm. just he's putting up crazy numbers, and he's not really talked about that much. And uh, he's my defensive player of the year over some of the, the other guys like Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. Yeah, you know, JPP is one of the most iconic players in the NFL the past probably 10 years and every 4th of July, I think of him, you know, uh, just in case I get a little too close. Uh, but I'm going with Aaron Donald. He's in my opinion, he's number one. He's the best player in the NFL. You have to double team him. And you know, when that happens, that frees up the other side. And then when you realize, ah, shit, we gave up seven sacks to, uh, some guy we've never heard of. We can't do that anymore. Then Aaron Donald wrecks the game with forced fumbles, and that's why he's, he's my guy. Yeah, well, I think Aaron Donald is the best player in the National Football League, and he did cause havoc to my 49ers this week. I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's been having an absolute monster year. He's at or near the top of pretty much every defensive pass rushing stat, pressures, hits, yeah. all of it. Um, and he's leading what's probably been a top three defense with Steelers. I think it's hard to not give him some recognition, so I'm going to give him my defensive player of the year nod. Yeah. That's yeah, T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald were both right there for me as well. Uh, mm-hmm. T.J. has been obviously amazing, and it's it's kind of overshadowed what Aaron Donald has been doing just because he's – that's what you expect from him nowadays is you just expect him to just go off every single game, and he's been doing that. So he's mm, right there as One well. guy we didn't talk about, Miles Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> that team, that eight and three Browns team is good for one reason, and that's their edge rusher. Yeah. Don't forget about him. Yeah. Worst eight and three team in NFL history. Said it. Browns <laughs> fans come after me. You guys suck. So, on to offensive rookie of the year, where it's starting to become a one man race because uh, good QBs win this award quite often, as we saw last year. Kyler Murray won it over Josh Jacobs, which I was very upset about. Uh, so this year it's Justin Herbert. I think it's that simple. He's got 3,000 passing yards in 10 games. It's been an absolute beast so far. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michael P. Ryan. He's had – no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm going Justin it's Herbert. Like, it's, it's it's obvious. It, it would have been Burrow, but he's out. So you got to go with Herbs. Yeah, I think Burrow was leading that race, but obviously he's out for the year with that really gruesome knee injury. Um, oh, yeah. Herbert's got to get the nod. Uh, a couple of running backs, I think. Can be mentioned James Robinson and uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson who had a huge game on yep, Thanksgiving, yep, yep. but it really is a quarterback award. So Justin Herbert, Jonathan is Taylor, pretty much in the clear. So. Taylor's pretty much out of it now, though. I think right, he hasn't been getting the ball as he much. Had a rough, 
not rough, but that's true. I guess that would be uh, Jefferson common. next, then. Jefferson's right there as well. Jefferson's yeah. been an absolute beast. Let's go to defensive rookie of the year. Where this award really isn't like, there's not a clear front runner like there's for some of the other awards right now. Maybe and, after uh, this week there is though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm going with the man who scored two touchdowns in 30 seconds from the defensive side of the ball, and that's Jeremy Chin. Uh, he's been an absolute beast for the Panthers so far this year, one of the bright spots on their defense. Uh, he's not the greatest in the run. He's not the biggest person in general to be in there with some of the 300-pounders, but he's great in the pass, and he just he makes plays, and that's that's what you need from, from guys like that, and he leads his team in tackles as well. It's all about the ball skills in the secondary in today's game. Uh, teams are throwing the ball 40 times a game. And I'm I'm keeping my pick with Jeremy Chin here. Uh, diamond in the rough from Southern Illinois, but he killed it in the combine. We knew there was some potential there. Yeah, it might be a bit of a recency bias because of those two touchdowns, but I'm also going to take Jeremy Chin. Uh, I think Chase Young's name should be up there. He, mm. Chase Young is going to be one of the best players in the NFL for years to come. I don't yeah. think there's any way looking around that. Uh, he's an absolute monster. And that that whole Washington front front four with all those first round picks is really oh, yeah. solid and not talked about quite as much. But after those two touchdowns and those two big plays made, Jeremy Chin is my front runner. Yeah. yeah that, you know that, what's what's crazy to sorry, Kyle, hold on a second. Good, I just thought of good. something. Um I wonder what the betting line D Roy Jeremy Chin was the day after the draft. Probably pretty high. Man. Or pretty low. I, <laughs> I don't know what's the right term to say there, but you'd make a lot of money. On Jeremy Chan, you'd be looking at a nice little payout. Yeah, Yeah. all right, sorry about that. But that front seven over in Washington, what they got there with the football team Mm -hmm. is is scary. And uh, even guys like like, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, like he hasn't been playing that much. sweat, man. He's a beast and he's not even playing that much. But our comeback player of the year, our next award is a player – I'm assuming all of us have on on this list as play for the Washington football team, and that's Alex Smith. Just him coming back from his injury that he had, what, 17 surgeries. At some point, it wasn't just, oh, are you going to play football again? When are you going to play football again? It was also, are you going to live with the bacterial mm-hmm. infection that he had and the tries that he has made to come back? Even he for 390 yards. Yes, it was against the Lions. But 390 yards is 390 yards, and he also led them. I don't know if he led them, but he got them a victory on Thanksgiving versus the Dallas Cowboys, and he's my comeback player of the year. You know, Alex Smith has gone through a lot this past year, past multiple years, but Ben Roethlisberger coming back from Tommy John surgery, alcoholism, and porn addiction. (laughs) No, (laughs) you, you have to go with Alex Smith. All right, he, like you said, he was fighting for his life. Now he's putting up career numbers at what thirty-seven years old? That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, he's playing well. It's got to go down. I mean, yeah, as a Niner fan, I I watched Alex Smith through his struggles his early years. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, turned it around a little bit when Harbaugh came, and obviously when he went to KC with Andy Reid, he's a yeah. really easy guy to root for. And you know, watching him go down, what, was it three years ago? Now two. Two years ago, two, and two years. You know, yeah. hearing those reports, like, is this guy even going to, like, live with the bacterial infection, all those surgeries? And now seeing him lead his team to victories in the close division race. Oh, yeah. A team that was supposed to go 2-14 and 14 this year yeah. has a chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, yeah, it's an easy division. I'm not saying that, but it's true. It's great. Yeah. yeah. 
And that leads I'm, us I'm to our last... Yeah, hoping the best for him, for sure. That leads us to our last award that we are giving out today, and that's Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm sticking with my same pick that I had halfway through the season, and that's Mike Tomlin. 10-0 team, not talked about too often. He's one of the most underrated coaches in the league, in my opinion, and he's my Coach of the Year, for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sticking with Tomlin, too. Uh, like you said, one of the most unappreciated as well. He's done nothing but win since he got to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I think Tomlin is a very, very close second. I'm going to stick with my original my original call, and that's Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins. Um, when you look at that roster, there's, there's really just not a lot of talent. The defense has been playing amazing, yes, but to, to lead that team where they are right now in a position to possibly secure a playoff spot, most likely in the wild card. I don't think they're going to catch the Bills. It, it's really impressive. The players seem to respond well to him. He's handled the QB room very well with Fitzpatrick and Tua. Um, I, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the success that team's had. Yeah. All right. So that concludes our award show. Let's get to the power rankings for this week. So our top ten. Skylar, do you want to go for first? All right, I got you. I got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Green Bay, Seattle, Buffalo, the Rams, Jump Tennessee, and then Tampa Bay switches back down to nine. Arizona finishes off at ten. Brett? All right, for me, I got the Chiefs at one, Steelers at two, New Orleans, Green Bay, Buffalo squeaking into the top five, followed by Tennessee, Seattle, the Los Angeles Rams, Cleveland, the worst eight and three team ever, and Tampa Bay finishing off at number ten. So my uh, top five remains unchanged with the Chiefs, Steelers, Saints, Green Bay. Actually, top four remains the same because Seattle did move up. Buffalo moves up as well. Tennessee goes to seven. Rams go down to eight. Miami to nine, and Tampa gets that last spot at ten. But also, the rest of my power ranking picks will be on the Immaculate Sports website if you want to check those yes, out. Yes, sir. See where your favorite team is at if they are not in the top 10. Uh, Skylar, your favorite team's 32nd. I hope you know that. Uh, oh, I'm uh, well aware of that one. Okay. But also, uh, guys, my first mock draft of December will be on there as well, on the website, ImmaculateSports.com. You can leave a comment on the mock draft, leave a comment on the power rankings, what would you do differently? Let us know. Yeah. Yes, sir. So there's also some uh, some interesting news coming around the NFL today, or not today, yesterday, with the Houston Texans and a couple of their players, Wolf Fuller and Bradley Roby. Both of them were suspended six games for violating uh, substance policies in the NFL. Uh, Fuller did say that he was given the medicine from Brandy, the NFL yeah. or something like that, which really doesn't I mean, we've heard that one before. Yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's happened to Frankie Montas, right? Yeah, Frankie Montas of the Oakland Athletics for those non-baseball people in here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this leads... This is an interesting situation for Wolf Fuller because he is a free agent this upcoming season or off-season. Yeah. And also, what if he got traded? Like, before, before uh, the trade deadline... He plays a game, and then he got suspended. Like that would be such a bad haul, and <laughs> screwing over <laughs> the other team. And it actually would have gotten the Texans a pick. 
But uh, that doesn't happen. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes in the offseason, a big playmaker for that Houston Texans team. You know, right now in the wide receiver free agency pool for next year, Allen Robinson's going to be at the top. And obviously the Jets are my team. We have a lot of money, and we're going to try to go after a receiver. I think Robinson's going to go to a contender. I don't think he wants to touch the Jets. But I think there's a, a chance Will Fuller will come to the Jets if we give him what he wants. You know, not a lot of people might not want to touch him after uh, this little incident. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence. Got Trevor Lawrence. Is quite enticing. Yeah. That's true. Another uh, interesting thing with that happened over the weekend was the Chargers play calling late in the game against Buffalo on Sunday. They're down by 10, 27 to 17 with just under a minute to go. Fourth and 27. Herbert heaves it up after escaping the pocket, chucks it way downfield. It is caught at like two or three yard line and they fail to get into the end zone instead of going down spiking the ball anthony lynn gets his offense runs it up and they run they run the ball and then after that you're like okay how about you spike it or throw the ball at least so there's not a running clock with less than 40 seconds set less than 40 seconds on the time for the rest of the game down by two possessions you would have thought maybe oh you bring your field goal kicker out there go get the three points and then try with the onside kick and let the miracle happen but no after running the ball once he runs it again then brings his field goal unit on brings them back off and then they they go for it they don't get it they don't have they don't even have Ken allen on the field in that last play which doesn't even make sense to me because he is your best wide receiver and he is like the number one guy on that team obviously that would uh also be game planned about on the defensive side of the ball so uh, for that reason alone, not including the other reasons, I think Anthony Lynn is going to be gone after the season. Yeah, it's inexcusable. I would say he's the 31st best game manager out of all the head coaches, only above Adam Gase. There we go. It's it's horrible. He almost blew the game against the Jets, too. That's, that's unacceptable. I think he's a great offensive mind, but he, he's not a head coach. Yeah, there's something with that uh, game planning there that, they just – they blow leads. They didn't blow a lead against the Bills. I think they were down most of the game. But they consistently blow leads, and that's not something that has to do with the players. Obviously, at that point, it's something with scheme. It's something with play calling. It's something with time management, and they just don't – they just don't do it well. And uh, that leads us to our next point with some stooges on uh, the Broncos' <laughs> offense. Jeff Driscoll. Tested positive for COVID on Saturday, maybe Friday. I forget what day it was, but that doesn't matter. Uh, due to contact tracing and no mask wearing, the whole Broncos QB room was wiped. Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and uh, Blake Bortles Blake as well. Bortles. Don't forget about him. So they needed a quarterback to play on Sunday versus the perhaps the best team in the NFC, the, the New Orleans Saints. And here comes Kendall Hinton, practice squad wide receiver, played quarterback for Wake Forest in 2017. Hadn't played he a game. He wasn't even a starter, right? Uh, he was a backup at, at the end of the year. He, he only threw for like 300 yards that, that year. Uh, so he wasn't even – I think the last game he started was against Clemson where he did throw a <laughs> touchdown. But uh, I guess it's good preparation for your first NFL game three years later against one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, he did go one for nine, two picks, had 19 yards. Taysom Hill didn't do much better on the other side. I think he had 
Oh, man. Just under 100. Uh, 70-something yards passing. Yeah, passing yards. I think it. they might have gone to 100 passing yards as a whole game on both sides of the ball. But honestly, props to Kendall Hinton for even being up to the challenge. Uh, he had, like, no experience whatsoever. You could even see on his throws, he's, like, running away from DeMario Davis or whoever it was, Hendrickson, and just off his back foot 30 yards downfield right into, like, Janoris Jenkins' hands or whoever it may be. But he is – props to him for even attempting that and going into that game. That's a crazy yeah, that. situation to be put in. And just to even go out there and compete, he deserves credit. I mean, the stat line didn't show anything good, really. But, you know, he went out there. He allowed the Broncos to even play the game. In reality, it was a game that probably should have just been forfeited. But mm-hmm. put them in a position to play the game. So props to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was an ugly game. And you got to think of it on New Orleans' side. If Drew Brees can't get healthy enough for the playoffs, they might be screwed. Yeah. Stay some help. Is a great playmaker, but starting quarterback, I'm not sure. It's definitely going to be interesting know. to see uh, if the Saints ever do fall behind in a game, in yeah. one of these games that Taysom Hill is starting at quarterback, what they're going to have to do because I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be that guy to go drive you down the field consistently and quickly and efficient, efficiently to go get scores and touchdowns. But they do have somebody on their team – on the bench, we can't do that, but he does run the risk of throwing the ball to the other team and having it be returned back for a touchdown, mm-hmm. which isn't good. But Jace, Jameis Winston is there. For the if Saints, I were Sean Payton, uh, I'd give Winston a little bit more run. You know, I, I'd kind of go with a mm-hmm. dual quarterback approach. Um, Hill, Hill's a dynamic playmaker. I, I think in two starts, he's already had four rushing touchdowns. But with the arm, he, he just isn't what Jameis Winston is. Winston has arm talent. That's that's never been his problem. He He's he just you know the, the theory is too, Brett. Maybe Sean Payton is trying to groom Jameis, and we just he's just not ready yet. Possibly. Never know. I mean, did he he thought he only signed a one year deal, right? It was a two year deal. I think it's one year. I think it was. I think it was one. Yeah. Uh, It'd be I interesting mean, to see them trying to groom Jameis, even though he had the most yards in the NFL the year before. Yeah. But he did also throw thirty picks, picks last year. So. <laughs> yeah. Not the greatest year for him. And he was the first player in NFL history to lead the league in yards and then, like, not get the starting quarterback job for a team the next year. That And he, like, didn't retire or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something something crazy. Another okay. thing that was crazy was, or is, the Detroit Lions franchise. Uh, they lost on Thanksgiving to the Houston Texans 41-25. to Offense really wasn't there. No Kenny Galladay, no DeAndre Swift. And they cleaned house after the game on, I think, Friday it was, maybe Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, firing head coach Matt Patricia and GM Bob Quinn. And it's, it's just going in a whole new direction for Detroit, hopefully for them. They've been a terrible franchise for the whole time. They've, the whole time they've been a franchise, honestly. They've had some great players, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, uh, you can even throw Matt, Matthew Stafford in there as well. But it hopefully change is coming for them. Obviously, it's not going to be this year. But uh, hopefully get a, they get a good coach in the offseason, get a good GM, and turn things around over there. I think uh, Swift and Akuda are probably the only safe players on the team. And yeah. I want to see them blow it up again. Should be interesting. They have some terrible contracts, so they – 
They got to. They signed that right tackle. I don't even know how to say his name. The uh, uh, Big V. That's what they call yeah, him. Yeah, Big V. We'll give him that. He got a <laughs> big contract, which really didn't make sense at the time there. No. And I just don't think it makes sense. Let's go to another team in that division, though. Matt Nagy and the Bears had an interesting situation on Sunday night where they got killed by the Packers. Ended up being a 16-point game in the end of it. I think that ended 41-25 to as well. But it was not close the whole time. Big Bob Tining caught a touchdown fan favorite for, for the Packers. Uh, kind of besides the point, though. Matt Nagy, after the game, called out the players for not playing inspired and uh, not playing that well. Says they need to play better. They were 5-1 and one at one point. Obviously, we knew when that was happening that they weren't that great of a team. They're 5-1, and one, but didn't feel like it at all. They're now 5-6, and six, losers of five in a row. And it's everything's in shambles now in Chicago. Yeah, that's a bold move, calling out uh, the players when you can't decide who your quarterback is, for sure. Yeah. He did shoulder a little bit of the blame as well, but yeah. that is after the point of saying that his players need to play better. Yeah. One thing that we always love is Saturday football. Late in the season, yes, we sir. get those, those games on uh, week 15, week 16, Saturday. We got three games on week 16, Saturday, that came out over, on, I think, on Monday. Uh, first one being at a 10 a.m. start on here on the West Coast with the Bucks and those Detroit Lions that we just did talk about. Might be a big game for the Bucks. They'll probably win it, but it's probably going to be a must-win game for them at that point. Next up, a big divisional matchup at one one fifteen, I believe, here on the West Coast with the Niners and Arizona. That game is in Arizona, home team for Cardinals, I believe, right? Cardinals are the home team, yes. Yeah, but even if the Niners were the home team, it'd probably still be in Arizona. So that is something to take <laughs> note of. And lastly, the primetime game, five fifteen. The Miami Dolphins visit Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders in what will be a massive game. Uh, both the teams are AFC wild card probables. I don't know, probables, questionable. Oh, yeah. That one's for, for the better seed in the wild card. Yeah, that one will be for the, a better seed or just a spot in the playoffs. And uh, mm-hmm. I hope we don't get embarrassed on on Saturday night primetime. Man, I, I want to win that game. I want to see the playoffs. I want to see Derek Carr in the playoffs. I still have not seen in my lifetime. I would like to see the playoffs too, Kyle, but we don't always get what we wish for. True. <laughs> uh, speaking of our playoff woes, um, I have one bad take I have to talk about. Um, <laughs> two years ago on Instagram, I commented on all sports news. <sighs> they had a post about the Jets um, being the worst team in the power rankings before this, the 2019 season. And my comment was, I'm not saying this is a playoff team, but they just killed the Packers with a rookie quarterback uh, and a bunch of players no one's ever heard of. Um, just because people don't like Adam Gase doesn't mean this team is going to get a top five pick. And he commented back. Turns out people not liking Gase has more meaning to it. <sighs> I was wrong. I wrong. was very wrong. That's so all right. So we all make mistakes, man. We all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peyton Manning made a big one too. Yeah. So did Brett Favre. Uh, 
That was. I had a project. I had a, a project for uh, sports psychology about that. That Brett Favre pick in the MC Championship game. I broke yeah. it down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that old body. Doesn't make sense. That's, that's the end of halftime. Yeah. Then halftime, we'll lead us into the third quarter in the second half. Our first thing being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they lost again on Sunday. Was against the Chiefs, so I'm kind of expected. But at this point, mm-hmm. it's. It's like, when are the Bucks going to win a game again? They've lost three out of the last four. The season is not going to plan. Are the Bucks dead, man? No, they're not dead yet, but Brady has forced way too many turnovers with the weapons he has. And if you were watching that game against Kansas City, you know that defense is crazy good. Tampa Bay should have got blown out. They held it to, what, a three-, four-point game, and that's why they're not dead. All right, like you said, JPP is one of the best players in the league this year. And they'll be all right for now. Yeah, I don't think they're dead. They're, they're too talented just all around to be, you know, put out of the picture. Um, they do need to they, – they need to turn it around. Brady needs to play better, I think, is the bottom line. The Their defense is solid. They obviously have the weapons around Brady. Ronald Jones is one of the most underrated running backs in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Gronk, uh, Scotty, Scotty and, uh, Godwin. Yeah. You, you can't count that team out. They're just too talented to count out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I think they have a must-win game coming after this bye with the Minnesota Vikings. I do think the Vikings are going to take that game. In fact, that will most likely be my bold prediction coming next week. I think – the Vikings will go to seven and six at that point, and the Buccaneers will go to seven and six as, as well. But the Vikings will have the tiebreaker at that point. And when you have the tiebreaker in the race like that, it's pretty much game over. You got to win out from there. They have the Falcons, Lions, and the Bucks. Or not the Falcons, Lions, and the Bucks. They are the Bucks. Falcons, Lions, and the Falcons <laughs> as well uh, in 15, 16, and 17. I do think they lose a game to the Falcons, and that's not just because they beat my Raiders. They beat the shit out of them, 43-6. But the Falcons aren't a bad team. They had no Todd Gurley and Julio Jones in that game, and they're, mm. they're a team that will probably upset one or two teams down the stretch here. Just as they yeah, did they got Sunday. no coach. They're not you know playing for a draft pick. They're going to be playing inspired. Yeah, and I think, they are also, yeah, I think they're also playing for Raheem Morris too. Oh, yeah. He's been a, a great coach for them so far. I think he's four and two in his uh, his tenure there as yeah. interim head coach. And with that, for that, I think the Bucks are dead because nine and seven won't get you Oof. into the playoffs. I think it does. I when everyone was picking Tampa to go fourteen and two, you know, and that was me, man. Could kill everybody. I know. I feel like us three were all right. I had him at nine and seven, getting the seven seed, and I I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Season obviously hasn't gone to plan for them. Tom Brady hasn't been as good as he was in the past, obviously, but that's kind of how things go when you're, what, 43, 44 years old at this point. 42, yeah, whatever whatever he is. He's ancient. He's an assistant quarterback. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bold one. Another team that lost over the weekend was the Indianapolis Colts. We saw them give up 35 points in the first half. 45 total, the last seven coming on an A.J. Brown return to onside kick. 
Uh, it's not something that can happen with the Colts. The, this team, they, they rely on their defense, and if they don't have the defense, it's it's game over for them. And uh, oh, yeah. I was kind of saying this at the beginning. I don't think the, the Colts can really beat a good team. They did beat the Titans early in the year, but that was because no punter and all that whole situation, in my opinion. And I think my point proved true today, or not today, on Sunday, against the Titans team that really just – they got dog walked. They didn't. They didn't play well at all. And you guys think the Colts are dead? Yeah, they're pretty close to being dead. Their defense is amongst the best. Uh, rushing attacks been surprising, but like you said earlier, they can't stop Derrick Henry. And I think that's who they're going to play in the first round. That's can't stop Derrick Henry. You're not going to win the game. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made. The Colts were without, in my opinion, their best defensive player, DeForest Buckner. Absolute monster on the defensive line. Good run stopper and good pass rusher. Um, I don't think he wins them the game, but I think he definitely helps, uh, you know, contain Derrick Henry at least a little bit. Um, The Colts offense just doesn't really impress me. Phillip Rivers is old. Um, Yeah. They should I have started like Brissett. I, yeah, Brissett came in. I think he threw a couple passes. I know he had the two uh-huh. rushing touchdowns, but um, yeah. it was interesting to see him get incorporated a little bit more. I wonder if yeah. you see more of that going down the road. Um, for their playoff spot, I don't think it's dead. I think they have a very realistic chance to make one of those wild card spots. However, I believe I've talked about this before. I do not see this team making a run if they do make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I think this team is dead as well. Uh, I'm kind of sticking the fork in some teams right now with the Bucks and the Colts, but I think this team goes 9-7, and seven, and I don't think that is enough to get into the AFC playoffs. I think the Texans beat them one of the, these weeks in their two matchups. I think my Raiders beat them. I'm crossing my fingers. I hope they do. And they also have a Week 16 matchup with the Steelers, and I think the Steelers handle that game easily. And so with that being said, I think they go 9-7 and seven and miss out on – the seventh spot, who knows? Maybe if they add a week 18 and uh, two extra spots in the playoffs, they do get that eight seed. But with that being said, right now, they're not there. And another thing, uh, T's and P's to Rigoberto Sanchez, who had a oh, yeah. cancerous tumor yeah. uh, removed on Tuesday. So props to him. Uh, hope prayers up. He, yeah, prayers up. He can uh, come back and return to football soon enough and uh, – get back to living his life as well as he can. So this is the first time in Immaculate Sports history that we've had a game in the week that hasn't been played yet by the time that we have our podcast. And (laughs) I don't know if there's ever been a football game or an NFL game played on Wednesday. Usually the only thing that we see on Wednesday football-wise is Maction, which I'm not complaining about. The Mac is amazing. The Mac is pretty good. (laughs) But this time we got an AFC North matchup, which is a little bit better. Uh, the Steelers and the Ravens, obviously two COVID battling teams. No Lamar Jackson, no James Conner, two of the notable guys on both sides. Uh, James Conner is going to have to be out for, I believe, 10 days now with his whole situation. Already battled cancer and beat that, so props to him. But hopefully he yeah. beats COVID. I'm assuming that he will. Uh, same thing with Lamar Jackson. Hopefully he gets all better. And me. But they're going to be – yeah, and Skyler. He, he probably has the COVID <laughs> as well. Uh How do you guys see this game going out tomorrow? You know, Baltimore's offense had been so mediocre this year and just 
quite frankly confuses me why they do certain things. And I do think RG3 gives them the best chance to win, which is kind of a hot take. But I don't think that's going to matter against Pittsburgh. very hot take. (laughs) That is a very hot take. Taking them over the 2019 NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. And TikTok legend, Trace McSorley. Um, hey, I think Tyler Huntley from Utah on the practice squad is better than Trace McSorley. I'm sorry. Sorry. Don't take, go after man. me on TikTok. <laughs> but anyways, I got Pittsburgh 38-16. It's going to start off a low-scoring game, but there's going to be a couple defensive touchdowns. That's going to blow it open. I, I think the Steelers win this game first and foremost. Um, COVID-wise, they're in a much better situation. And honestly, they're just a better team. Um, I mean, you've given Ben Roethlisberger a week and a half of preparations, which most – what's with most of his weapons still available in Juju, uh, Chase Claypool, and maybe the best of the three, Deontay Johnson. Um, B- Benny Snell will be probably leading that backfield. And as far as yeah. Robert Griffin III goes, I'm actually very interested to see the difference between the offense when ran by Lamar and when ran oh, by yeah. Griffin. Uh, I want to see Griffin throw. Lamar has not been effective with his arm at all this year. Um, when he has ran the ball, he's been – been Lamar Jackson that's that's what he's best at Um, you know that's the thing too when when Vic came back from prison he didn't run he was a pocket passer I know it sounds crazy but maybe RG3 could do the same kind of thing you know come back from the injury become a pocket passer just sling the ball yeah the number Uh, he was the number two overall pick yeah the guy he has talent I'm actually very excited to see him play with that said I think the Steelers roll him uh Going back to the RG3 thing, he did say that he's done being a backup and he wants his shot and he's going to get that shot to showcase his talent and if he's improved or not in the time that he's been a backup over there in Baltimore. Uh, he really really hasn't had meaningful play in a whole bunch of years, it feels like. Yeah. And he's getting that shot against perhaps the best defense in the NFL. I don't know if they got any COVID cases on that Steeler defensive side. But with that being said, I do think this game is very ugly. Uh, not only in like playing standpoint, but I do think some fights will break out between these teams. Uh, not the mm-hmm. two most loved teams. AFC North yeah. rivalries aren't very pretty, and I think it's gonna be a pretty ugly game. But Steelers take it 24-14 uh, with two rushing touchdowns from RG3. Uh, if if I can add on to, I think the Steelers are pissed. This was supposed to be a Thursday night Thanksgiving primetime game, yep. yeah, which because of not even the Steelers, but the Ravens, COVID, uh, how they've handled that whole situation. It's now been pushed back a whole week. Don't yeah. think the Steelers are happy about that. They're going to have to play a short week, the upcoming week, and really not their fault. And I have a question for you guys. Um, if Robert Griffin III comes out and plays amazing, you know, 300 yards, a rushing touchdown, moves the ball extremely effective against that Steelers defense, is there any chance he could be the starter moving forward over Lamar Jackson? No, no, there's no way. Yeah, no, okay. there's no way. I it, I could we, see him going to Washington or Atlanta, a place ooh. where there's, I mean, passing offense set up for him, but not in Baltimore. That, yeah. I think Atlanta's kind of ruled out though because with Matt Ryan's contract, you really like he's stuck there. You can't really do anything with that's him true. in the first place. Even if you want to bench him, like, what's the point of having a guy on your bench that's thirty-two million dollars or something like that off your cap space? But Trading yeah, if he plays well, like I could for sure see him. Maybe I don't think Jimmy G's spot will be taken next year. I think they'll draft a guy over there in San Francisco. 
I could see a spot like maybe Minnesota or even Indianapolis where they've kind of been uh, shuffling through QBs the last couple of years ever since Andrew Luck's retirement. Mm-hmm. But if he does play well, I do think there is a chance that he can get a job next year. Also, maybe even in New England, uh, they did an experiment with Cam Newton. I think that'd be funny to see RG3 go, go over there and play oh, under yeah. Bill Belichick. I think Bill's done screwing around, though. Yeah, but I do think it going for the for the Patriots, I think it's going to be a couple years until they're back to – oh, I don't think they'll ever be back to Tom Brady prime, Bill Belichick prime, Randy Moss prime. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be back to the playoff team in a couple years, but right now I think they they got to get the QB situation figured out with Cam Newton as well. They need receivers more than anything. That receiving they room do. is just not impressive. Yeah, plus with Edelman nearing the end of his career uh, injured, it's going to be something to see for sure. In my new mock draft, I have them taking a very valuable weapon early. Mmm. <laughs> Kind of curious on who that will be. And you know what I'm going to do, Skyler? I'm going to go to the Macklin Sports website after this and go check out your mock draft to see what you took for the Patriots. Yes, sir. That concludes where's your head at. Let's get to the final few segments of the show. So our final few segments are – one of them is, are the layups from the past week and this week. Last week we didn't do too well. Uh, I had Arizona minus two and a half versus New England. I thought that was a lock. I thought Arizona was going to go in and just steamroll them. Should have been. Saint but that didn't happen. Uh, I learned to, to never bet against Bill Belichick. Because uh, one thing that Bill Belichick is very good at doing is that he is very good at taking away your best your best thing. Yeah. And he took away Kyler, Kyler's legs and D-Hop. Obviously, he's got a little help with having Stephon Gilmore there. Uh, I think D-Hop only finished with like 50 yards, but Kyler... It was 45, yeah. Yeah. 201 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, only 31 yards on the ground, which might be a season low for Kyler. I'm not too sure on that, so don't don't take me for that. But not a good game from him. And Bill Belichick really shut them down. Skyler had Tulsa versus Houston. That game just got canceled, so we can't even <laughs> do anything about that. There's and a then, theme with my two picks this week. There is. And then there for Brett, he took my team, the Las Vegas Raiders, minus so three sorry. versus Atlanta. <laughs> you uh, got the Alex curse. You're in the three I, spot. I, I'm, I'm taking Alex's role of getting all my layups wrong. We're off to a hot start. I had Vegas minus three versus Atlanta. Atlanta probably not a team you should bet against right now, even though I want to do it again this week. But they won, I believe, 41 to six, so. Yeah. Not even close. Forty three to six. Forty three to six. Even worse. But uh I don't even know why it's stat correct to do there because it just made it look worse. But yeah, <laughs> the Atlanta covered by forty points. So might have been the farthest wrong somebody has ever been on the show for their layups. But with this week, I have Tennessee minus five and a half versus Cleveland. As I said earlier in the show, Cleveland's the worst eight and three team in NFL history. I don't care. The Browns suck. Baker sucks. Jarvis sucks. Everyone except for Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt sucks. So, there. Derrick Henry, 200 yards. Ooh. Tennessee by five and a half at least. My pick's going to be number nine, Georgia, minus 35 against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt lost 41 nothing to Missouri last week. Georgia will shut them out. Again, I'm sorry, Sarah Fowler. You're not going to score yet. You're playing <laughs> Georgia. All right, they're not going to get the ball past the 50-yard line. I'm sorry. 
It's a lock. Uh, like I said, it's probably not the smartest thing to bet against Atlanta right now. They seem to really be playing for uh, that new head coach over there. But I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take New Orleans minus three versus Atlanta. While Taysom Hill hasn't been the most impressive as a starting quarterback, I think that defense in New Orleans and those weapons on offense take care of Atlanta. And, yeah, I'm rolling with the Saints. New Orleans did also be Atlanta by 15 just two weeks ago. So that's another note. Yes. Yeah, they played very recently. Maybe that changes changes the adjustments, but who knows. So that leads us to the closer in the two-minute drill, or where first we go with our bold prediction from the week. I had the Jags be- beating the Browns. Uh, I felt more confident about this one before Mike Lennon was named the starter because I thought maybe Gardner Minshew would be back. And that didn't happen. Uh, Mike Lennon played and actually played pretty well. Uh, almost won. They failed to get the two-point conversion late in the game to tie up the game. I don't know if they would have won even with that, but it was close, but obviously didn't get it. Skyler had West Virginia over number 14, Oklahoma. That game also got canceled. So Guys, Skyler's open next two. week. I'm just going to get in the games played. If this happens next week, I will pick another game right away. I'm sorry. I woke up <laughs> late on Saturday. We're on the West Coast. And then Brett also had uh, the Niners beating the Rams, talked about in the opener, as well as I think in the halftime show we talked about the Niners a little bit. I know we talked about them in one of the segments earlier in the show. But he did get it right. It's a W Mm -hmm. for Brett. I made Uh, up for my layup. That's true. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to this week where I have – Decently big upset for a team that won on Thanksgiving with the Houston Texans beating the Indianapolis Colts. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have the game of his career after playing one of the best games of his career the week before against the Lions. Grant, they weren't the greatest, but uh, played very well. No Will Fuller. I think Brandon Cooks has a big day. All right. I'm going with the Lions over the Bears. All right. The Lions will be playing inspired. New interim head coach, Daryl Bevel, former offensive coordinator in Seattle, one of Russell Wilson's first guys. And he almost got the Seahawks head coach job, too, which is interesting. But uh, the Bears have been awful. Matt Nagy's starting to mutiny over there. And say the Lions get the upset. It's true. Yeah, I'm going to go away from, you know, picking a traditional game this week. Mm. Um, we talked about this, touched on it earlier. Um, for my, you know, bold prediction of the week, I think Jalen Hurts will get the start this week in favor of Carson Wentz. I think Doug Peterson has seen enough of Wentz's touchdown to turnover ratio is absolutely horrible. He used a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. It's time to give this guy a shot. He's electric. He can – can make plays with his legs. Uh, Got to see what he's got. Yeah, I agree with Brett on that as well. I think it's it's time for Hurts, and I think we all agree on that, as we said in our first segment of the show. But we go to our last segment of the show as we part. We are about to part ways with our best game. My best game is an NFC West matchup. These matchups have been great so far this year. We've seen a lot of close games, a lot of. A lot of big plays, a lot of big stops, and I'm going with the Rams versus Cardinals. It's 
big game playoff wise, uh, obviously, because all four of those teams in the division are there. And even Niners and Seahawks are massively affected by this game because they need one of those spots in the playoffs. And so there's that. That's my best game of the week. I'm going to go with number 12, Indiana at number 16, Wisconsin. I know Michael Penix, quarterback from Indiana, tore his ACL over the weekend. So sad because he was one of college football's rising stars. But I want to see what Graham Mertz has. You know, he got destroyed by Northwestern's defense, and Indiana still got a pretty good defense. If he could tear things up here, then he can really make a name for himself. It's true. Yeah, for me, I got number one Alabama facing LSU. While on paper this isn't the flashiest Alabama-LSU matchup we've seen over the past couple years, there's still a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. More than anything, I'm I'm wanting to see this NFL talent just compete against each other. Uh, you know, I, I still think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think Alabama rolls, yeah. roll tide. But that kind of bad timing as, uh, as yeah. Terrence Marshall opts out. I think it was yeah, the last. I was game. really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, but yeah, still should be good. See our boy Najee Harris go off. Mm-hmm. Local is Stingley playing for LSU? No. Yeah, yeah, I thought Definitely he was gone. So. But no Chase, no Marshall, no Stingley. No, no Waddle. It's rough over there, man. Yeah, no Waddle on Alabama's side of the ball. But Devonta Smith, absolute yeah. beast. He is very good. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, hey, Kyle's been posted on TikTok. Yes, sir. Yeah, very check out the TikTok. Got nearly 100 followers on there. It's at Immaculate Sports, just our full name. Uh, at I M M A C U L A T E Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go voice Twitter's your opinions. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love the constructive criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's the same out of Max Sports. You know what to do. We post our picks daily. Go yeah. check it out. Thanks for listening to us, everybody. Yeah, we'll see you next 12. Week. Go Raiders. Go Jets. Yes, yes.